Welcome back to another episode of the Elephant in the Womb podcast. And we are back now from my short break. I had to take a couple of weeks just to get into the groove of almost summer things because things change. The weather's so much nicer. You know, the baby really loves being outside, so we were trying to get out more and heading up to the cottage on the weekends is more frequent now. So just getting used to all of that, but I'm back now with a birth experience episode. Today's episode is a C-section birth experience, an emergency C-section, so we're talking all about that. I took a little bit of a different approach to the birth experience episode this week. You can let me know whether or not you like it. I decided to tone down on my questions so much and just have the mom tell their story, and you know, I piped in with some questions or (laughs) comments when appropriate, but I thought that that might give the episode a little bit of a better flow for telling, you know, uh, your personal birth experience. And then we did have just like a few questions at the end, same as normal. So this is a great episode and I will let my guests introduce yourself in just one second. Just wanted to add that in the coming weeks, I will be searching for questions for some of our upcoming guests, and I will be sharing who they are in the coming weeks as well. So just keep an eye out for that on both Twitter and Instagram. If you don't follow me or us, <laughs> it's it's me, really, because I'm the only person involved. You can follow us on Twitter at EITWblog. And on Instagram, it's just my personal Instagram, Kate on the blog. Okay, so I do ask for questions in both those locations, so as long as you follow one, you can respond and ask any questions you might have for the different experts I have upcoming, and there are quite a few. A reminder that nothing in this podcast should be considered medical advice. If you require medical advice, please speak to your trusted care provider. So without further ado, I'll let my guest introduce herself. Hi, my name is Kristen. I live in um, Hanover, Pennsylvania, and I have one one one-year-old daughter. She is the light of my life. I am currently a licensed esthetician, actually in the state of Maryland, so I do a lot of driving. But yeah, other than that, I really just uh, stay home and take care of her all day. (laughs) Aw, how far is Maryland from I, I, I'm from Canada, so well, I don't yeah. even know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I am only about 10 minutes over the Pennsylvania line from Maryland. Okay. Um, however, where I work, it's about an hour away. So a lot of driving, but it's yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a lot. But it's nice that you get to spend so much time at home with your baby yes. too. Yeah, it <laughs> makes it a little easier when I do have to leave for such long periods of time, um, especially driving so much. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a little easier on me. I don't feel as guilty because I get to spend most of my time with her. So tell me about your experience. So mine was kind of a whirlwind. Um, ever <laughs> since I was, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sure everybody <laughs> Ever since I was younger, I've always had like this idea of being a mom and how everything would go. So I feel like once I got into a committed relationship with my now husband, Um, And we started talking about the more serious things as far as like having kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. I immediately started doing research here and there. And, you know, I I found it interesting, like other people's birth stories. I wish I had something like this podcast (laughs) when I was (laughs) when I was preparing. But I definitely did a lot of YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. I, I just scoured the Internet for 
all the information um, I could find. And the one thing that I never, ever looked up was C-section. So long story short, I had decided when I was like, when I just found out I was pregnant that I wanted mm-hmm. to try to go, you know, all natural, no pain meds, unless it's really, really necessary. Um, I know when I talk to people about not doing an epidural or anything, you know, you get mixed, mixed, mixed reviews. reviews. And, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the time it was like, you're going to want it. But I don't know. I was just like, no, I'm stronger than that. I can, I can do it. And um, so I kind of just opened it up and said, you know, I'll be, I'll be open to the idea of it when I'm going through it. Right. Um, right. But really, I just wanted to go in all natural and go from there. I know, especially from doing all my research that birth plans rarely go to actual plans. Yeah. Um, if it does go exactly how you plan, you're very, very lucky. So I was really lucky to be able to kind of open my mind and be aware of that. So at 40 weeks pregnant, I went into my 40 week appointment and I was zero centimeters, nowhere close to having a baby. And I was done. And we're all just ready to get that baby out at that point. Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um, I actually spoke to the at the practice that I went to, there was one midwife. And I spoke to her about ways that I can kind of, you know, get this party started. Mm -hmm. And she had actually suggested since I it was on my due date, and I know I'm going to get a lot of cringe about this, but that I try um, a midwife brew. I don't know if you've heard yeah. of that before. Yeah, yep, I've heard of it. <laughs> but yep. yeah, so it has castor oil in it. And the rest of the ingredients are kind of to just kind of take care make of all the side effects. Too. <laughs> yeah, it will definitely make it taste better. It wasn't that bad. But I, so I talked to her about that. And she told me about how everything kind of takes care of the side effects, you know, the unwanted side effects you get with taking castor oil. And I decided to do it. So it was November 15th and I had just gotten home. I went uh, straight from my doctor's appointment to the grocery store to get everything I needed. And then I got home and I blended it all up. I drank it within like 20 minutes. And by this time it was probably like, oh, or around nine, nine thirty, mm-hmm. And then around 11 o'clock, Um, I decided to go to bed. Nothing was happening. I mean, I wasn't expecting it to that fast. So I go to bed and then around two o'clock, I wake up 2 a.m. I wake up to go to the bathroom and I start feeling a little bit of cramping and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. I think this is it. But of course, you know, you don't want to be the person that goes in for a labor check and they're like, no, you just have to go to the bathroom. Like, (laughs) (laughs) go home. (laughs) So I was like, I really don't want to go in right now and part of my plan was to labor at home as long as possible so but one of the other issues with that is all of my like I said I'm in Pennsylvania and my doctor was actually in Maryland so my hospital was in Maryland okay and so it was about a half hour away and so then I was thinking well what if I try to leave too late and then I'm in the car screaming <laughs> and oh no uh, so, so then I'm like stressing myself out and I'm like maybe I should just go so it was about two hours of me bouncing on my exercise ball in the dark in my bedroom my husband had just fallen asleep right before I woke up so I was sitting on my exercise ball for about two hours and I was like okay I gotta I gotta go in like I just have to know if this is it 
So I wake him up and we already had all our bags packed and everything. We were ready to go. So mm-hmm. we got out the door. It was about four o'clock when we, when I woke him up and we got into the hospital, we walked through the hospital doors at 4.50. So we get in there and they bring me back into triage and they check me out. And they're like, yeah, you're, you're two centimeters dilated. And I'm thinking, oh, great, they're going to send me home. Um, but they were like, no, we'll keep you. Just stay here. It's fine. And then the nurse started going over everything with me and making sure that we were on the same page with my birth plan. Really wanted to do, obviously, like skin to skin, delayed cord clamping at least one minute. All of those things. Plus, I had to let her know that I didn't want any pain medication unless I asked for it. Um, She had suggested that I wait until at least five centimeters if I decided I wanted pain medication to try whatever painkillers they had. I honestly don't remember which ones they were offering me, but um, she said, wait until five centimeters. And if you're ready for that to try like painkillers, then we'll do that. And then Mm -hmm. if that doesn't work out, then you let me know if you want epidural. So I knew we were in it for the long haul. I had called my mom and my sister and um, my husband had called his mom. So everybody that needed to know knew. I told them, don't worry, like, don't rush here. Yeah. Five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Just like get a coffee, you know. And take your time kind of thing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and at that point, my husband had only had two hours of sleep. And I knew that I was going to need him much later and that he wasn't going to be able to sleep later. So I was like, you go to sleep right now while it's still, you know, we're still progressing a lot. Nothing serious is going on. Um, I was like, you take a nap and I'll just hang out here (laughs) and deal with (laughs) this until, until our moms get here. I don't even know how long it took between him going to sleep and his mom was the first person to arrive there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember she walked in and I was having the worst back labor. And I knew that was going to happen because um, my daughter, she was sunny side up. I know that experience. (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of expecting that. And I had to, I was at this point taking my own fists and shoving them into my lower back. And I was getting so exhausted. Yep. But I really wanted him to be <laughs> awake later. So I was like, I'm just going to let him sleep. I'm going to push through it. Because <laughs> again, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't that awful. So she came in and she was like, is there anything that I can do for you? And I told her, dig your fist into my lower back <laughs> as hard as you can. <laughs> Sounds exactly like my labor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, just, I don't care if you think it's too tough. It's not as hard as you can put your whole weight into it so she was doing that and then maybe like five ten minutes later my mom came um, and we were kind of just standing around talking and my husband was still sleeping somehow (laughs) we're all just (laughs) chit-chatting away Um, and then my nurse comes in to check me and I'm like you know I think I'm ready to try painkillers right now like I, I think we're there can you check me to see how dilated I am so you know we can decide if it's best to do it right now or wait so right. she she checks me out and she's like I need somebody to come in and confirm but it looks like you're still at two centimeters and I looked her dead in the eye and I said you're kidding me <laughs> like I how is this possible it had been almost seven hours at that 
point. I was just like in disbelief, like how am I going through all this pain and I'm still only two centimeters. And it feels like way longer time to- Oh my gosh. Right. When you're in pain (laughs) and you're breathing through every single contraction, it feels like forever. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, I, I don't, you know, I obviously don't want to take the pain relief then. And she was like, well, let me have the doctor come in and double check. Um, in the meantime, let me adjust the monitors on your belly. Um, because we're only catching your heart rate right now and not the baby. Right. So she's having me roll around, get into all the positions. She puts a, a peanut ball in between my legs to try to get her to shift. And she's kind of just like not saying anything to me. She's just staring at the screen, listening, adjusting. And then, you know, she keeps repeating that cycle. And she's like, let me go grab the doctor because I need him to check you. And he's going to take a look at this. And she didn't want to scare me. But I kind of knew what was going on. It, um, when they're trying to not scare you, sometimes it, it almost yeah. makes it more obvious that, that something's right. going on, right? Right. Exactly. Like, just tell me what's going on so we can be on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. I understand they don't want to be the person to do that. So she runs out and, you know, we're kind of trying to lighten the mood in the room because I, you know, I don't want to be stressed. One of my things was I want one person talking to me at a time, like, if there's anything crazy going on, please step out. Like I didn't want it to be too overwhelming on me. Of course. Of um, course. So it's good that <laughs> you advocated for yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I, that's one thing that I will tell everybody if they ask me for advice is to make sure you let them know that you want a, a calm like situation. You don't want anybody talking over you or mm-hmm. anything like that. So so we're trying to lighten the mood and then she comes in with the doctor and immediately I'm bummed out because it's this doctor that I was not really happy with the last time I saw him. So I'm oh, like, oh no, here we go. And it was so funny because when I actually got admitted, my favorite doctor was there and I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. And then I but guess, hours uh, go by and they're gone, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out, but that it was sucks. So he walks in and I'm like, oh, great. He checks me and he's like, yep, you're still two centimeters. And for some reason I was holding on to that hope that maybe I wasn't, maybe she was wrong, but no, she was, (laughs) she was right. (laughs) And they're staring at the computer and she's like whispering to him, I guess what she had been seeing. And I'm just staring at them like, what's going on? Can you talk to me? Yeah. And he says, all right, your contractions are coming really fast. At this point, they were coming in two minutes. They were coming in in two minute increments. Mm-hmm. And they were lasting about, about a minute long. He was like, they're coming too fast. And your daughter's heart rate is going down. The reason why she thought she couldn't find her heart rate is because what we were hearing, she thought it was your heart rate, but it was actually the baby's obviously that's way too low. Baby's heartbeats are way faster. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's like, we're really lucky that we caught this right now. Um, If we didn't catch it right now, it wouldn't be as calm in this room. And while he's speaking to me, I guess the nurse had ran out into the hallway and grabbed a few more people. Um, And while he's speaking to me, the whole room is just turning into a completely different room. They're rearranging everything. They're taking the panda warmer out. And I'm like trying to process this 
not understanding what's going on. At this point, my mom had finally woken my husband up <laughs> and said, hey, uh, you need to <laughs> He's still asleep at this point. Oh my <laughs> yes, God. <laughs> he will sleep through anything. Um, That's hilarious. <laughs> so she's like, uh, wake up, something's happening. Yeah. And <laughs> he's like so out of it, so confused why there's like 10 people in the room. Of course, I start crying because I'm just like, this was not what was supposed to happen. Like, I was open to anything, but this was one thing that I never, ever even considered happening. Right. Um, so I had done no research on it. I was not prepared at all. And I'm just like, what? Like, all these emotions are just flooding my body. And I'm, I'm not angry. I'm not even necessarily scared. I'm just like overwhelmed, overwhelmed. at yeah. all the things that are happening right now. And um, so he sees that I'm overwhelmed, my doctor, and he's like, it's okay. This is a good thing. Like, you're going to be okay. We're going to get you in there. We're going to get the baby out. You're, you're going to be able to meet her. I'm like, okay. So they give my husband his scrubs and he's still trying to connect the dots as to what just happened (laughs) (laughs) my mom's like repeating things like she's getting a c-section like you need to get ready so my my mom and my mother-in-law leave and it was so fast it was like I was out in the hallway and next thing I know I'm getting a spinal block and they're laying me out on this table and my husband's not even there because they're still getting me ready and I'm just like I can't I cannot believe that this is happening I wasn't planning on meeting her this soon mm-hmm. um and it was actually funny one part that I left out was a few minutes before I asked for the pain medication um one of my friends had called me and she I asked her to pray for me and she was uh she just asked that everything be as painless and quick as possible and sure enough <laughs> that's how it happened it really came like, true right <laughs> yeah I was like yeah. this is your fault <laughs> oh, <no>. um <laughs> But the surgery itself was actually pretty good. Um, it wasn't, you know, I didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. The worst part of it was um, the pressure when they're just like tugging your whole body around. You're not the first person I've heard say that. That's actually what it, I think most of the C-section moms I've had on the podcast, they've said the same thing. It's the pressure is just like strange and uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like somebody's sitting on you and like just jolting your body around and you can't see anything. (laughs) Yeah, I know like some moms can get like that clear curtain, but I hadn't prepared myself to need to ask for that. So of course, yeah, I was just there and I had the blue curtain in front of me. I couldn't see a thing. Um, And my doctor's just like, don't worry, we're not going to do anything. Like I'm going to make sure that uh, you can't feel a thing before I start cutting. Um, and then he was like, all right, did you feel that? I felt nothing. And he was like, we're going in. <laughs> I start feeling all the tugging. And um, my husband's with me at this point. It was maybe like five minutes, if that. And I hear, that is the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. And Aww. I'm like, what? Where is she? <laughs> I don't see anything. And uh, my husband stood up and was able to like peek over and saw her. Um, and then they brought her over to the panda warmer just to check her out because she was having those heart issues 
And then I, so I'm like staring at her. She's probably like 10 feet away. I can barely see her. I tell my husband to go over there. And the doctor that was checking her, she was like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with her. I guess she just wanted to meet you a little sooner uh, Uh, than you had planned. And they're like, she's perfect. There's nothing wrong. You're good to go. And he brought her over. And that was really nice. Uh, But one of the first things that I said was, I'm never doing this ever again. (laughs) I was like, this is it. No more kids. Um, of course I've changed my I was just gonna ask (laughs) has that changed since then yes I think immediately after everyone is like there's no way in hell I'm doing that again even if you have like a perfect experience you're tired and (laughs) and you're just over it right (laughs) right like if this is not a situation that I want to put myself through ever again yeah Um, but yeah I, I, I sorry I guess the doctor ended up being better than he was the first time you saw him yeah I think I just didn't really like our vibes were off the reason why I just felt uncomfortable with him was because he actually did my group b strep test so you know we were like up close and personal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and when he finished up he called me kiddo oh Uh, and it just was really uncomfortable (laughs) Mm -hmm. that would put me off too yeah I was just like I don't want to see him again like I just don't I don't like that. That just made me really uncomfortable. And the the rule with that practice, uh, you only have to see the doctor once and then you can schedule with whoever you want. Right. It's just so you get um, to know everyone. Yeah. Right. Which is yeah. beneficial. It is beneficial. So definitely. Um, but he was definitely I don't know, his his whole demeanor was just very weird to me. It was very like I don't know, very cocky. And then after mm-hmm. he called me kiddo, I was like, Nope, I'm done with him. um but yeah he actually did a really really good job like my my scar is it's barely even there you would Mm -hmm. never know that I had a c-section so he is he is very good at his job I just wish I could have you know been with the doctor that I really really loved because he knew me a lot better but yeah it makes a difference (laughs) when you like are comfortable like bedside manner matters basically yes. like people can be the best doctor in the world which is great mm-hmm. to have but if they talk to you in that kind of way or or worse right then right. that can take away from the experience even if you have like the perfect surgery or the perfect mm-hmm. birth experience with them right it's, it still impacts the overall experience for sure exactly and then even like after I he maybe came in once or twice is very matter of fact straight to the point this is what I'm seeing and goodbye like without there was no small talk no congratulations nothing like that but it was still it wasn't the worst I did really love that hospital and you know the practice that I was with so I I would go there again I if I have another baby so after I had her I got to hold her for like two seconds. It was really my husband holding her close to me because my arms were strapped down. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they were closing me up, he got to walk away with her and they did skin to skin in the recovery room. Aw, that's so nice. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like I was laying on that table for forever afterwards. It took probably like 45 minutes for them to close up because like you took her out really fast and now I'm just sitting here knowing that she's in the other room yeah um that was a little tough yeah yeah um but they got me out into the recovery room and um I I still couldn't hold her because I was shaking 
terribly. Yes, that's the worst part about oh my god. after labor. Oh my god. Nobody tells I, you about that part of labor, I swear. <laughs> like, right. It's so strange. And you cannot control it. There's no, no like it's it's the strangest thing. And you're not even cold. Like nope. you're just shaking. <laughs> I know. And it's it's horrible. My husband, I remember when that was happening to me, he's like, Are you okay? I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm fine. It's just I like I can't so. stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, that was really weird. So he was holding her and I was just kind of like shaking like a chihuahua right next to him, staring. <laughs> and then once that finally calmed down a little bit, I got to do skin to skin with her. Um, and then she latched really well. From there, they took me to my room where everybody got to meet her. And that was all great. And I haven't slept since. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know the first year is hard <laughs> yeah definitely but worth it I mean it's not that it's not too hard obviously because no. I want another one so <laughs> exactly I know we must all be crazy to want to do it again it's like you, I think too when you get to a certain point and I, I think you forget about how hard the early moments were too mm-hmm. oh <laughs> so definitely like I know that of- it was hard yeah. I know I was complaining, but I can do it again. I mean, I survived, so. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. It, it, you can do it again. It's just, yeah, right. you, I think you forget about some of those small details of the newborn stage and <laughs> that Definitely. were harder. It's not that we yeah. can't get through them. They're just harder. Do you think there's any way you would have been better prepared for the possibility of a c-section like can you think of anything that would have made you feel more prepared for that being a potential pathway that you might go down I think as far as like the whole scenario like actually having the c-section no I don't think I could have really prepared for that I didn't I didn't need anything it really is just like a mental game as far as postpartum definitely there were a few items that I wish that I had like the belly band I wish I would have kind of set up my house to be able to work from one floor instead of (laughs) from two floors and things like that um I mean I don't really think that anything else would have helped me besides mentally preparing for it and I always say like I, I think if I were to have another baby, I would probably have another C-section and not do a V-back. And I think it would be a little better this time because... You'd know. Exactly. That you I'd were be going that way. For it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I get that. Um, I get that. Yeah. I never want another emergency. And that's kind of why I don't want to have another... Or I don't want to try for a vaginal because I don't want to have another emergency. Yeah. I think I would be of the same mind. Like if I had had a C-section emergency, I feel like the second time I would just be like I'd rather know what's coming right exactly. <laughs> and not not have to experience that emergency scenario again so yeah I understand I totally right. get that yeah if I could guarantee a vaginal delivery I would do that in a heartbeat yeah but you can't but, right that's, that's right, the thing so, yeah so it's just like since I now have the option to get a c-section um because you know with the first one they don't really ask you if you want a c-section or no vaginal. no um so now that I've had one now I can choose to have another and um yeah I think I'm definitely gonna go that route and just get it done and be ready for what's gonna happen yeah and you'll be better prepared for your postpartum 
experience yeah. as well this time too, which is which is nice because if you gave birth vaginally, it is like a little bit different than mm-hmm. C-section recovery, right? So yeah, although it can be just, it can be very difficult too, but it's sometimes C-section is worse. It really just depends on the person. I know. <laughs> My friend actually, she was like, I kind of just want a C-section so we can get the baby out and I know when it's coming. And I'm like, Yes and no, because my recovery was the worst thing I've ever been through. (laughs) So I would never wish that upon anyone. Yeah, let's talk about the recovery a little bit, because I did have a previous C-section guest on who did talk about theirs. Right after, I think it was like six hours, they wanted me to get up and start walking. Mm -hmm. And I was looking up the nurses like, are you kidding me? I, I cannot move. Like, there's no way that I can move my body out of this bed. But I, they helped me up. And the worst part about that was I had zero core strength. I couldn't use my upper body at all. Mm -hmm. So the nurses had to pick me up out of the bed and walk me to the bathroom. And right after that, honestly, I kind of got the hang of walking again and I was doing really well. Um, But number one, the swelling was unbelievable. Um, I've never, I didn't even know my legs and feet could get that big. Um, It was actually kind of scary because they were warning me about blood clots, which is common after any surgery. And I'm just in my head like, oh my gosh, my legs are so swollen. There's no way I'm not going to have a blood clot in my leg. So that was really scary. And that made it a little harder to walk. Yeah. My biggest issue with my C-section was when they... Uh, do all the stitches on the inside I guess like on my uterus and every uh-huh. layer up but mainly on my uterus they have to pull the stitches tight like a purse string and then they do like a super tight knot to make sure that nothing opens up in there so they call that the super stitch and I had terrible terrible super stitch pain which I had never heard anybody that I know talk about so you you feel it you know where the stitches are because you can feel it inside of you Mm. because it hurts so badly. And it feels like a hot knife just digging into your skin. Like, like I felt like somebody was stabbing me over and over and over again with a red hot knife. It was the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. Um, And I felt that it wasn't constant, but it was every time I moved my upper body so pretty wrong. frequent. <laughs> yeah. So like basically anytime I, I got up or I took a step or bent over, Jeez. literally anytime I made any movement with my upper body, I felt it. That's um, horrible. Yeah. And it got to a point where I really thought something was very wrong. And I was crying to my husband, like, I can't, I can't do this. Like we need to go to the emergency room. Um, and he was he, he calmed me down and I ended up calling my doctor and she was like oh yeah that happens sometimes um not my doctor the nurse that had answered the phone she's like that <laughs> happens sometimes like you know it's just that stitch that he pulled so tight um that's what you're feeling it'll go away one day <laughs> oh <laughs> um, that's reassuring <laughs> yeah like okay thank you and they had given me uh Tylenol and Percocet to mm-hmm. kind of like every four hours I would uh, take one and then I would take the other yeah alternating Um, schedule yeah Yeah. so I didn't really want to do I didn't really want to take the Percocet that often because it just made me fall asleep Mm -hmm. and I have a newborn and like I don't 
you know, I'm a first time mom. I feel like I'm supposed to be the one taking care of her. I can't rely on my husband and my mom to do everything for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a little bit of guilt there, but the pain was so bad that I couldn't even, she had, we had her bassinet right next to the bed and I couldn't even keep her on my side because I couldn't Couldn't reach down into, yeah, I couldn't reach down and pick her up. Uh, Um, So my husband was waking up when she woke up and giving her to me so I could feed her. So it was just like, I'm supposed to be the one to do this. Of course, that's so silly. Like, that's not. (laughs) Exactly. It's not, it's not how it is at all. There is no right or wrong way. Yeah. It should not be that way. But you know, I have all these hormones running through me and I'm like, nothing is going to plan. Like I'm supposed to be able to do this. Yeah. So that was really, really rough. And that pain lasted about two weeks. So every day for two weeks, it was just my, my husband, when I was laying down, he had to bend over and like lay on top of me and bear hug me to get me out of bed. Oh my goodness. I could not get out of bed any other way. And I'm not, you know, I can usually take pain really well. Once I was up, I was good. I was walking around, like I could get down the steps perfectly fine. I was, you know, making snacks and sitting down yeah. and watching movies. Like I was good. It was just in those you know, in that half second that I moved wrong, it was, it was excruciating. the worst thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, you know, my bedroom's upstairs, but everything else I need is downstairs. So it was like, I was climbing the steps when I really shouldn't have been. And it took me forever to get up them. But yeah, after like two weeks, I was pretty much back to normal. Swelling had gone down right around the same time as well. With the swelling, I had, we had to go to her um, follow-up appointment. Mm-hmm with her pediatrician and it happened to be right around the corner from a target. And I was like, I need compression socks because it's at this point it's November. So it's almost like winter. Technically it's still the fall, but I'm wearing flip-flops because those are the only shoes that fit me. Like I was like, I need to get compression socks or something to help with this. Yeah. Um, so we went to Target and I got the largest compression socks they had. We get home <laughs> and and I had to get my husband to put them on me because I can't bend over. Right. right. Um, so he goes to put them on me and my legs are too big. And the oh socks God. won't even go past the arch of my foot. Like it was so bad. I had a breakdown. I was crying. I was like, when is this ever going to end? Um. But yeah, I guess all in all, two weeks is really not that bad once you look at it. Just when it's happening, it's really not fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> Everything seems like, okay, it actually wasn't that bad. It wasn't that long. But in the moment, yeah, it, it's tough. That's, that's hard to be having all the swelling too, which is uncomfortable and painful mm-hmm. itself. And then plus the stitch pain that you were having, it's really amazing that you were able to do as much as you did do so yeah I I was very I mean I heard from people you know you have visitors in and out the first two weeks and people were like how are you up how are you moving I'm like I really feel fine I can move I just can't move this way or that way (laughs) I can walk (laughs) I can do some things just not this that (laughs) right wow that's yeah I can understand why that would be a bad experience but at least uh, trying to look at the positive side is that you know if you're having another c-section in the future how you can maybe set up your house and 
you know, prepare Definitely. for that. Um, but obviously, right. hopefully the stitch pain never happens again. Yeah, I hope not. Because I had, I, I know quite a few people who've had C-sections and I brought it up to them. I'm like, oh my gosh, that super stitch pain. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, I'm really like the only one. And it's funny, my, one of my friends, she was one of the people that I had asked about that. And she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, but then she ended up getting pregnant and having another baby. And she experienced it with that uh, C-section. Oh, so she and was she aware. Was like, mm. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, are you, aren't you glad I told you? <laughs> aren't you glad I warned you about this? So do you have any advice that you'd pass on to a pregnant woman? based on your own experience? Just be prepared for absolutely anything. Um, don't go in expecting to go exactly to plan. Be open to all options and do your research on all options. Um, definitely just, just keep an open mind. Yeah, that's pretty much what I tell everyone is like birth wish list, have things in place, but... Right not set in stone and it helps with disappointment and guilt afterwards which is totally unwarranted no one should feel guilty after their birth exactly <laughs> um, right. and you want it to be a good experience exactly and being open-minded helps prepare you for that and then also of course being informed and advocating for yourself like you talked about as well If you like this podcast, hit that subscribe button. You can also check out our website at www.elephantinthewomb.ca and subscribe to the blog email list for blog and podcast updates.